A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with Pryor over here, Cropley over there. Hello, Stephen. Hello, mate. How's it going? Very well, thank you, mate. Steve, Terrible weather. You it's do, miserable, isn't it? Do you ever ride? I've just driven over here, and I, I passed a couple of motorbikes on the way, yeah. the other direction. Do you ever, It's six degrees and raining. Do you ever ride in this weather? No. No. Uh, the thing I do, I do do is ride the scooter, because I live four miles from a market town, mm-hmm. and it's a handy way of... The market town's usually full of people trying to shop. So even in bad weather, and scooters have got a bit of weather protection, haven't they? So, yeah. so I do ride, more likely to ride in these conditions okay. on a scooter, yeah. Mm. But d- not very far. And no, no, I don't. I, I, uh, do you know Adam Child, dirty. the motorbike journalist? Adam oh, I know, Child, his, I know his byline a lot. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's on a, I just follow him on the socials, and he's on a job at the minute somewhere, and he rode to the airport yesterday or day before. And he seemed to, he sent a picture through of his BMW bike in the parking area with like a three-foot-high kit bag. And I'm thinking, how do you get, how do you strap, I must ask him, how do you strap that to the motorbike? Yeah. But I, I'm... Full of admiration of people who, even in freezing conditions, rain, will still go. Yeah, I'll, I'll ride. I don't. I haven't ridden since no. October. Okay. Also, your your bike gets horribly dirty, doesn't it? Yeah. Get, gets covered in salt as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't mind riding in cold, but I but I'm a bit reluctant to just cover it with gunge. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Makes me um, think. Anyway, sorry, we have a uh, we have a letter. My mate Andy has written to say, do you remember last week I mentioned uh, there was the world's largest shipping uh, some some ship was some container ship was crossing the ocean at the moment from yeah. Singapore to Rotterdam. More stuff on board than any other ship at yeah. any time. And it had on it twenty one thousand nine hundred and fifty four TEUs. Right. And Andy writes to say, um, one TEU is a 20-foot equivalent unit. So that's a 20-foot long shipping container. Wow. So twenty, so a 40-foot shipping container is effectively two, two EUs, and a 10-foot container would be half a TEU. So basically this thing is crossing the seas with 21,000, the equivalent of 22,000, basically, 20-foot shipping containers. Unbelievable. 
That is an enormous amount, isn't it? God, that it sure is, is. Astonishing. Anyway, Andy was uh, used to be um, used to, he used to run the aerial port at Kandahar Air Base in Afghanistan, which is how he knows, huh. which is how he's an expert. There. So thanks, Andy. Appreciate that. This week, Steve and I are going to be talking. There's no mag out when this podcast comes out because the Christmas double, the first of two, is still on sale. That's it. So we're going to be talking uh, part of Steve's column that's in that, but we'll also talk Christmas road test a wee bit. Your, the, the, that you've done that it's your, your yeah, magnum opus thing. every that's year that's my thing every year start worrying about the next one already <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but let's let's chat some of the stuff in your column in fact we both had a go this year Steve in the Citroen Ami which we like the idea of but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so disappointing isn't it it's yeah. just it's just you know when electric cars or the notion of electric cars were new everybody said yes but they'll be like golf carts and milk floats Mm. This thing is like a golf cart and milk float, unfortunately, and and it's it looks really great, and and it the idea is terrific. The hose it out thing, it's roomy, it looks rather good and all that, but unfortunately, it's a deep disappointment. It needs more performance, it needs a better ride, mm. and everything really. So um, I wouldn't want one. I, I would be a sucker for something like that, but I, I was thinking two CV, you see. But yeah. uh, not a chance. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's it's so sort of close to being the sort of thing you'd want. Because yeah. you thought, you know, maybe to and from the office it would be great or just nipping to and from the town here it would be great. Yeah. But the top speed is about 29 miles an hour, isn't it, basically? It just yeah. never, I think quite, it, it's yeah, never quite it's enough. It's 40 or something. Mm. And, and the ride was remotely okay. Then then I think you could you could go with it. But unfortunately, the... That changes the whole proposition, doesn't it? It, it, it the legals, it, it's it's not legal anymore. That sort of thing. Yeah, because it's a quadricycle, isn't it? Isn't it heavy quadricycle? Is that how the two? There's a light quadricycle and a heavy quadricycle, and depending on where you live, you can drive one at a much younger age than in the right. UK. Is that okay. right? I think in France you can drive one at fourteen. Yeah, France was, was so, really young. Yeah, my my understanding the old uh no longer their citroen boss said that these what they'd find is that the family would go in to think about buying a new citroen c5x or whatever and while yeah. they're there the salespeople would go are your kids uh going to start riding around in a scooter or whatever and they'd say well yeah maybe well maybe you should consider getting them yeah. an ami instead and um or vice versa go in to have a look at the ami and while the kids being shown around the, the car park of how to use it the parents would get the soft sell on a <laughs> on a new family yeah. car. So, from a brand extension point of view, might be. I could imagine being swept right into that as well. <laughs> but it, I must say, uh, it, it strikes me as interesting. Be, be fascinating to know what the French experience of is of fourteen year olds in a vehicle of any kind on the motor mm. on the road. Mm. I wonder if they are safe. I wonder if they do hit things. Yeah, I wonder. And get in the way for that matter, because the yeah. French traffic, in my experience, doesn't hang about particularly. Mm. And I wonder, presumably, safer than a scooter. Yeah, imagine. Which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It feels like a slightly missed <coughs> oh, opportunity, yeah. which is. Yeah, nice amazing. idea, but. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't run one where. No, where I you are. Just, I think you'd be in peril hairy. every time yeah. you went out on the road. I did two, two road tests this year. One of which was the Christmas road test, and the road testers also asked me if I would do the Ami. Yeah. 
<laughs> which I think, I don't know, are they trying to tell me something? Yeah. Because you know, now and again I say, I'd love to write a road test, lads, if you'd send a, I don't know, send a Bentley my way, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I'm like, well, we do have just the thing, Brian. If you could go and do the numbers on an Ami, that would be perfect. <laughs> Did you do them? Yeah, but you, we, of course, we usually go to Millbrook or Myra Proving Grounds yeah. to do the performance figures. And, of course, it won't get... No. It take days to get there because it only charges on a three-pin plug. That's it, of And uh, it doesn't... Because the battery's not very big. I mean, it doesn't take very long to charge. It's a couple of hours, but still, it'd be a while. So, uh, yeah, I just had to find a, a flattish piece of ground and um, yeah, and do them close to me, which... I, yeah, it's fine because I live yeah. in the sticks. I have more opportunity to you find do. a disused yeah. path that I can do an acceleration test. Well, business to, to twenty nine. Yeah, plenty of places you can do naught yeah. to twenty nine miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> acceleration test. Uh, on the subject of EVs, you have had a new home charger fitted at some point this year, have you not? Yeah, we, we had um, we had one before. Uh, oh God, I'm battling to remember the brand now. It's gone, but but. Uh, We've we've now got an Anderson one, which is a kind of rather elegant-looking box on the side. I mean, literally a box prism on the side of the the barn that's quite close to our house. And it you can it's the the makers um, like to do they, their mantra is that uh, people will choose wall boxes in the way they choose TVs. So there there'll be a uh, you know a whole range and they'll they'll go for the one that suits their house and they like and all that hmm. this one is a seven kilowatt charger and it talks to it, it talks to an app on your phone so you can see whether it's working or not you can also immobilize it from remotely so if you think that your neighbors are swiping your charge you can just turn it off oh, from your phone yeah <clears throat> not that my not that your neighbors would my do neighbors that, wouldn't do anything like that no. um and uh but it's uh, it's it's a it seems to me to be a really good thing. It's got a light. You open a lid, the light comes on. It's there's also you coil it into this box in a very sweet way, and there's a there's a sort of brush around the place where you coil it. So as you coil it, it 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 cleans itself. Oh, uh, that is good. So when you pull it out next time, it's all right. Yeah, that is. So I'm like that. deeply pleased with it. Mm. it. I mean, I don't think it's the cheapest, but but it's um it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And it is an attractive. I've got to say it sits on your wall. Looks an attractive looking. Yeah, thing, it, it, it does. It the thing is, it's an old building. It's in fact, it's the only part of our property that's listed, and and uh, and it's okay to put it on that because it looks fine. It just mm. matches, fits in perfectly. Mm. The cleaning thing is important, isn't it? Actually, well, it, it, it just because people did and do say oh the nice thing is about EVs you don't get diesel on your hands you don't have to go to a smelly fuel station or whatever but if your cable drags across the floor at all you can end up still getting grubby grubby hands you've got to be a bit careful absolutely it's been very well thought out I think Mm. the the guys that handle it in in this country um, picked up a design from Scandinavia and it's very nicely designed Mm. I think they've done some sort of a deal with various Porsche dealerships. It, it's it's a it's deemed to be a, a kind of upmarket one. It doesn't make it any quicker to charge or anything, but no. it is it's one hundred percent reliable and very nice to use. Mm. Mm. Good. Um, oh, shall we talk? I was going to talk. Let's let's talk Renault. We don't quite know how to say this. Rafale, Rafale, Rafale. Yeah, I think it might be Rafale. Rafale is an SUV. 
Yeah. You saw them earlier this year. The people, the good people from Renault who said, yeah, SUVs are where we're at because big cars is where the money is. Yeah, I think that's the the um, the the whole clue to it is is there's just a better profit margin in those cars. They are popular, as we know, by looking on standing on any street corner and looking, and uh, they're pretty good at design, as we know from from their recent products. Yeah. So I think they back themselves to sell these in pretty good numbers, and that their um, their major interest, at, although they do pure EVs, their major interest seems to be plug-in hybrids um, and you know they'll because plug-in hybrids have got a life of a decade or something haven't they so yeah. so they expect to do okay with those um, and it you know gets around the <clears throat> the looming problem of uh, of you know materials to make batteries and so on I mean a plug-in hybrid has a battery but it's only a little one what what is a Rafale how big is that um, I think it's about, well, I, I think in metres these days, I think it's about 4.6, 4.7. So it's 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 a size bigger than a Ford Focus, but not, just trying to think what it would be. I wonder, it'd probably be, uh, I don't think it'd quite be Ranger of a Sport. Okay. So it's bigger than an Austral. Yeah, an Austral, I think it's a size, than, it. yeah, point, is probably 4.5. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. There's quite a lot of SUVs in the Renault lineup now, yeah. and I feel slightly it's one of those one of those ranges that I go. Oh, I just have to remind myself. It's easier to look it up than just remember off the top of my head what everything. You're right because there's a Kajar in there, isn't there? Yeah. And and uh, you know, um, <clears throat> I think they they acknowledge that there's a, that they're quite close together, but that's because that's what the market wants. Does it, do you hear the story about the guy that designed the transmission for this car? It's got an E-Tech transmission. Is it, this the one that it has to spin a certain thing at a certain speed to mate the two? Not dog, hasn't got a dog. Yeah, clutch. well, it's, it starts off, it always starts off in electric, so it doesn't have a clutch. Yeah. And then there's, and then the the internals, yeah, speed one another up so it meshes perfectly. Mm. Um, without the, the normal uh, gearbox arrangements, but the the thing I like is that the the, the hybrid system was designed to, to, uh, many years ago, ten years ago, by a bloke in Lego, by a Renault bloke in Lego, who oh, liked oh, it so yes. much and believed in it so much that he took it to work <laughs> and started to convince the the powers that be that this is what this is the kind of transmission these yeah. machines needed. Yeah. And eventually he crashed through. And, he, and by the way, we're going to meet him in January. Oh, fantastic. With his model. Oh, so, oh brilliant. So that's I can't, brilliant. I'm absolutely busting to see this Lego transmission. That is, yeah, that's really cool. So for the uninitiated, a dog, do they call it a dog clutch or dog box? or Anyway, the, the upshot is there are very few losses, aren't there? Because it meshes so well together. Yeah. But it can be really unrefined yeah. because... I think I likened to it when I did a, an Austral first drive. It's like a plug spinning and you have to locate it within a plug socket. Yes. At, wow. And you have to do those. So you have to match their speeds perfectly so that they will click plug cool. in together. Yeah. And then there's no losses because there's no slip between yeah. them. So it's that, very efficient. That was the, the, I think that the Lego man's argument was that this is, this is a way of saving, you know, 10% of the losses that 
that you would normally expect in a car mm. like this and and I believe they still they still see that as their advantage Renault yeah and with a drive motor you can control the speed you can you can you can a torque fill to drive the the road wheels and maintain power to the road while you do it and then with very clever control systems you can match the road speed to the engine speed to engage the clutch is that Sound right? Does that sound I'm, sensible I'm, to you, or am I gone, I'm sense? afraid it's gone out. But anyway, minute. the but short it, bit is it, it's a it's a electronically it's a it's a lot of control systems to get it right and extremely refined. Yeah, really well refined, isn't it? Um, yeah, and and efficient. So they say. But um, we'll know more when Mister when Mister Lego gets into the minutiae of it. Yeah. I've already had it explained to me once, and it's gone in one ear and out the other, <laughs> which is a shocking thing to say. Oh, in public, yeah, but it does. It? Though, it? There's, so, there's only so much you can remember, mate. I think. Especially me, mate. People were talking about. I was talking about sport the other day. I don't because I don't really watch rugby. Yeah, and I sort of wish I did. And the rugby World Cup was on because I enjoy it, and a lot of people I know like it. But I just don't understand it. And if I, I, I've known bits about it and forgotten, there's only so much you can. But they do so many things you can pay fault. attention to. In this case, it's their fault. They keep changing the rules. I believe. <laughs> oh, the rugby. Yeah, I do hear a lot of people complaining about rules and riffs yeah. and everything. So yeah, maybe it's not just me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, the Renault lineup. We'll come back to the Renault lineup actually after the break. Uh, there is a there is a Capture, which is an SUV. There is an Arcana, which is a coupe SUV. There is the Austral too. Do we get the Rafale? I think we will get. The we Rafale. will get the. I Rafale. think. Uh, yeah. I think it's a. It's t- it's a car we'll get in twenty four. Okay. <clears throat> One of the reasons for meeting Mister Lego in January is is as a precursor to the the arrival of the Rafale. Gotcha. And the the Megane these days because it's uh, an electric car. Yeah. It's not an SUV, but there are crossovery tones to it, aren't they? Because yeah, the battery is cool. under the floor. Love that car. I love yeah. the styling of that car. Me too. Yeah, me too. I uh, I think they're clever people. Given mm. there's so much damn competition. Yeah. How do you make one different? Yeah. I drove this week on the subject of big electric uh, SUVs, a Kia EV9. Ah, right. Now, I want to know about this. Well, because you've driven it too. Well, I went to went to Korea, mm-hmm. impressed by the car, you know, um, um, very upmarket machine. Look, you know, I like the, the styling. I think it's a bit Marmite, but I like it. Mm. Big car, <clears throat> you know, imposing and all that. But we drove it around a bit, and I came away none the wiser about the ride quality because there's no road in Korea that is remotely comparable with what's outside my house here. No. So, so I need to know what the hell it rides like. Mate. It rides very plushly, is the short of it. It's very good isolation and quiet. Uh, yeah, really quiet. And there isn't too much pitch and roll or dive or anything, but it does. It does err towards comfort rather than body control. So if you go over a crest and you know it wants it wants a sort of a second go at things yeah, before it settles totally. But you know it's a seven seat, five point one meter long, two point so six really big five tons. It? it feels a big car. I mean, it is. Yes, it feels as big as it is. I think, and it it's and on money. passive dampers and coil springs. Oh. So it's not like because I think when a we must we we should presume when an electric 
Discovery, Land Rover Discovery arrives, or just Discovery these days, isn't it, actually? Yeah. When an electric Discovery arrives. That presumably will have air springs, adaptive dampers, anti-roll bar, cleverness, all of the stuff that will take it dangerously, perilously close to three point something tonnes, presumably. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't have that, so it's a, it's a, it's quite an honest driving experience. I quite enjoyed it. And yeah, but Kia is now in a place where the four-wheel drive versions arrive first. And the starting price of the four-wheel drive ones is about 75 grand. Wow. I mean, what place Kia is in these days that it can introduce a 75,000-pound car? Custom, doing customer clinics um, and previews all through the year. And Paul Philpott, the boss, said, I went to a couple of those. They've, been, they've had two cars in the UK, and they've been to all of Kia's dealerships throughout yeah. the year. Paul Philpott said, I went to a couple of them to meet some potential customers, stuff like that. Looked around the car park. Lots of stuff from Gain, lots of Mercedes. Yeah. Proper premium alternative product. Well, they're good at quality. The mm. thing about Kia and Hyundai is that they're, they're good at quality, aren't they? And, and I mean, without meaning to, to denigrate Land Rover, they could do better in those mm. regards, or at least they're perceived to be poor. I think mm. they're better now than they used to be. But yeah. um, you can understand people just reaching for the nearest Kia because it, It'll work. Yeah, big seven-seater, long warranty. You know, just like you buy a Honda or a Toyota. Yeah. But the nice thing for me, because I'm a fetishist of small cars, there's a f- heavily revised Picanto on the way. I said to them, come on, so many people are stopping this small car. Yeah. Malarkey, because it's so hard to, to, to make a success of it because of GSR2 regulations on safety, active safety kit. Plus also, you can't put much hybridization or electrification into it because then the cars don't end up cheap so it's still going to have a hundred and something maybe a hundred grams per kilometer you know yeah. and they said no still make money out of picanto be a be in the range for a long time a long time a long time yeah. wow so, i wonder that sounds like five years doesn't it sounds like a while doesn't it yeah well, I was well, pleased that, about. that's such a positive isn't it, it makes mm. you feel better doesn't it that, yeah. i feel better about that and i also feel better for knowing in much more detail in the last few weeks that there are going to be small EVs coming. You know, there's mm. there's VW are working on them and Renault are working on them. And I just think they're they're where I want to be. I, I just don't want a big fat run at the moment. No, I mean I did like the EV9 a lot at what it does. It's very it's very good at what it does. But I'm driving it thinking, is this sort of car really? You know, it's it's two point seven tons really where we want to yeah. be. Ultimately, and if you if you set the regulations of go, we've well, got to have a zero emissions vehicle. You've got to have a three hundred mile range. You've got to seat seven people. Well, of course, that's where you end up. Yeah. You know, of course, you end up with a car yeah. like that. But it's and it's very good. But it's sort of not where I necessarily think we ought to no. totally be. Anyway, Steve and I are going to take a very short break. We'll be back with more my week in cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Welcome back to my Week in Cars, um, 13th of December edition, 
There is no new magazine out this week, but if you go to the newsagents, you will still find the Christmas double issue in the shops. Uh, you can also get it and get it on subscription at themagazineshop.com. Steve and I will bring you highlights from the 20th and 27th of December double issue next week on the 20th of December. Then on the 27th of December podcast, because there's one every week, because people walk the dogs every week, Steve, don't they? They do. They need, they need, you know, it's not like the mag where, you know, you can get away with, you know, doing, doing double issues. We don't do double issue pods. No. There'll be a special feature length edition. So take the dog for an extra long walk on the 27th because we have a um, an extensive interview with Richard Hammond at his workshop. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. Right. We're talking all things Richard Hammond, his history, Grand Tour, Top Gear. Yeah. Interesting bloke. Also, really interesting classic car business. Yeah, and and a little bit about his what he really thinks of the future. Mm. Quite, quite, pretty valuable, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. I am. Um, I'm actually, to be truthful, I'm listening. I'm quite in, <laughs> looking forward to hearing it again. Hearing it back. Yeah. 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 Uh, James Baker writes Steve to say, um, interesting to hear Steve is in the market for a small EV in the podcast uh, last week. That was a little while ago. Yep. You're still in the market. You still may be in the market. Well, I, I sort of am, yeah. yeah. It's just, just a thing I worry at. Oh, actually, I got a letter from our old mate, Derek Redfern, who used to work at Haymarket, saying, Steve should take a, a look at this. It was a part share in a boat plane, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought sounded pretty cool. I thought, yeah, you should, maybe you should look. I'll forward that one, Steve. Um, anyway, uh, James says, as Steve mentioned, you can get a lot of car for your money in a Renault Zoe at the moment. We bought one two weeks ago. A late 2021 52 kilowatt hour rapid charge R135 with 5,000 miles on it for 12 grand. Then it was 30,000. Honestly, that is the car. I think he may have seen, he said, we bought it from a Renault main dealer, three years warranty left, six years warranty left on the battery. I think he may have, yes, commute from the countryside into Cheltenham, James has. I wonder if he bought one of the ones that you saw the other Yeah, there's a dealer in, there's a good dealer, EV only dealer in in Cheltenham on the outdoor, not near the race course. Mm. Uh, Sorry, near the railway. Um, Deemed to be, I don't know them, but but friends of mine say they're really good. And uh, they had a couple of Renault Zoe's that are now gone. I, I, I know if... I reckon James I, has one. Yeah, well, well done, James. You've done you've done a good thing because yeah. I, honestly, they're they're on offer. There's a few around. There, I always like the Zoe. I mm. remember blagging one from Renault one year just to drive over Christmas because I I just like the, the combination of zip and um, small size. It's not mm. tiny. It's not tiny, but it's a bit, bit like I'm always saying, a bit potato shaped, isn't it? But it, but it. <laughs> It's um. What's the, what's the car makes a potato look handsome? I can't remember what it. What the. Uh, I think it might have been an Audi Q7. Oh yes, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but anyway, uh, but but no, no. I think if if it's not an i3, it might be a Zoe. I, mm. I think just a. I just want an EV to mess around with to say that I, you know, that I do a lot of motoring and as it as it happens, an Audi has arrived mm. here, so I'll be. I am driving a lot in an in an Audi. Um, SQ8, which which I must say is it did a thousand miles last week, Ooh. just because of all the up and down the country I seem to mm. do. But but uh, I'd like to have my own. Mm. How was it over a thousand? Good. There miles. was a fair bit of. Um, I was I was interested to see. I've never really done this before. That sort of mileage mm. in a hurry, mm. and I was worried about <clears throat> charging as you do. But I did find. 
some good places. There's a there's a thing on the M42 called Hopwood, I think it is, Services, which has got a huge bank of Tesla chargers and almost as huge bank of other people's chargers. And I, and I dropped in there three times because it happened to be on the way to work the, the various places I was going. And uh, quick charging, cup of coffee, you know, and you suddenly you've got 40 kilowatts and kilowatt hours under your belt and you're ready to rock and roll again. Mm. The car makes me think though about the efficacy of having big electric cars though because this has got a a battery there's something like 110 109 kilowatt hours and you and it does it, you know it's a heavy car and it, you can drive it pretty fast even I try and be sensible but I do wonder whether I'd be just as well off with something smaller with a 50 to 60 kilowatt hour, but you just wouldn't spend so much time pumping electricity into it, you know. It's, it's, it's the weight and size that I'm still not, I'm still not with it. I, <clears throat> Zoe i3, that's my, that's my interest. Yeah, yeah, I understand. We've talked a lot of EVs this week. That wasn't my intention, Steve. Yeah, have sorry, we talk, Have we talked been... anything that wasn't, apart from motorbikes? <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what I spec'd the other day and I downloaded the pictures of and I was going to put them on my socials but I haven't yet because I thought people in the office might think that I was wasting time on a car configurator rather than finishing my copy Oh dear. so I haven't done it yet but anyway there's Very three pic- there's three pics on my desktop which I will put up of a uh, Caterham 160 spec'd in sort of sort of Japanese type fashion so aluminium body not too unpainted not too much stuff on it just left the wings and the and the nose black. Really nice, lightweight spec. Yeah, I, I bet could, it's superb. Oh, I could just the sensible thing would be to. That is have a car you like could that. see yourself driving in bad weather, isn't it? I'm, yeah, I, mean, I well, I, yeah, and I mentioned it because I drove back from Scotland yesterday from Inverness to my home in uh, North Oxfordshire, five hundred and twenty miles, and. There was a bit I took. I stopped to take some photos up on the sort of Glenshee Road, the old military road that goes over the top, which yeah. is a fabulous, really nice, really nice bit of road. The last time I drove back from there was in a Caterham, and as I set off in this Genesis G70, I thought to myself, I would very happily drive a Caterham back. Yeah. Now, and I just, I really, I, I don't mind them in bad weather. You no, just, no, it's, it's something. It's all heater, right. Heater, heated screen, they're fine. They're yeah. really nice. Yeah, really. One enjoyable. of the finest trips I ever took was between Sydney and Melbourne, a matter of five hundred something miles, five hundred fifty mm. miles, in a Morgan with the lid off, and, oh, really? and with Peter Robinson, my mentor and mate. Yeah. And uh, the only thing we uh, we would have liked was um, a set of windscreen wipers on the inside of the screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't believe. Yeah, but apart from that, it was terrific. Mm. Should we quickly talk the Christmas road test? Absolutely, yeah. I, this is it's a big deal. It's cool for me. It's called Pellet. I think it's my. It might be the fifteenth one I've ever written because I. I think so because I think Colin Goodwin wrote one on a stunt plane because he's a pilot. Yeah, and flies a pretty racy plane did, himself. Do you remember he did one on some ludicrous sort of huge? Um, supermarket trolley thing. A VA shopping trolley. Yeah. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, before <laughs> so my, he might before my time. So he's done a yeah. couple. Yeah, so he's done one during my time. And ooh, there's a Rita Queen of Speed, which was a theme park ride, which I think was the first the first Christmas road test while I was at Autocar. So I didn't do that. Okay. And uh, 
I think Jamie Kostorfin had to take the V-Box data collection stuff on board. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> this year it's Pelican of London, which is a tall ship, sail training ship. So they take young people on board who've never been on a boat before, never been on a ship before, never been on the water, possibly never even been on a rowing boat. Three weeks later, they might be sailing around Ireland or around the UK or across the Atlantic. So you apply? You apply? You, 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 and you there, pay? They're a charity. But you, yes, you can pay. And they are, it's training, for, it's training for young people. Quite popular with German kids because they speak English on board as well. So it's a good oppo to, for them to, to learn how to speak English. Just teaches them good how many leadership skills, how many life skills. People? I think, um, you see, now here's the problem, Steve. I wrote it about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, in total, they have about 10 to 15 crew on board. And then I think they can take like 30 kids at a time. Ah. So 30 young people at a time, say kids. And, and, they, and they're, they're sort of encouraged to get up the they, mast they and do be, the they advanced, be, you know, up the, they will <clears throat> land ho routine and No pressure to be up there, but they, you know, yes, ideally you would climb up and let out the sails and pull wow. them back up and tie them up. And they say, you know, by the time the trip is, the trips are ended, Virtually all of them are doing it. They're doing yeah, it. Yeah, they are doing it. And is they it have really? a um, they have a science officer, marine biologist, or something on board as well. So they run cl- they run classes in environmental science and marine science and stuff all year all round. Them. So they run all year round. In the summer, they run in and around Europe, and then in the winter, they cross over and run around the Caribbean in the winter. Oh well, that sounds, sounds fairly, right, doesn't it? Sounds and then sail back again on the trade winds. The you know you sail. Purely by wind power, sailing back on the same route wow. that Francis Drake took fifty years ago. I mean, amazing stuff. It is Just amazing, amazing stuff. stuff. Yeah. How big? How long is the? Is it's about forty odd meter, for forty five meters long. Oh, so big. So big, but yeah, big I ship, mean. three masts, uh, and it started life as a French Arctic fishing trawler, engine powered only, but by a built in a shipyard in France that had a pretty long history of building sailing ships. From the early eighteen, well, maybe late seventeen hundreds, I think something like that. So it was, it was designed, when they looked at it, they said actually this could take masts, and it's got a very thick hull because it was designed to operate in icy waters, um, steel hull ship, and I think they made some mods underneath, but basically it ran as a shipping, as a as a fishing trawler until the seventies. Then it was sold off, and it just transported small amounts of cargo. It was impounded for having a load of smuggled vodka <laughs> in the 1970s and impounded for a while. And then it was bought, uh, I think, in the, oh, maybe that was the 90s. Anyway, it was bought and then it was restored and given sales in 2007, I think, 2007, 2008. Wow. But I didn't know you could do that to a fishing trawler. No. Take it away and go, yeah, let's put three enormous masts on it and power it by sails. Yeah, you think that the hull... Shape would be an issue. Yeah, you just you? I don't I don't, I don't realize you could do stuff. that. Yeah, so I think they've put some. They did something to the keel underneath, but not yeah. not a lot. Yeah. And it yeah, and it runs. It's, it's, you went you, you you went you did a voyage, didn't you? Yeah, we went uh, from um, around the south coast of of Devon. We set off, sailed a bit, and then we got dropped off. Uh, yes, we we got taken in on a on a little rigid inflatable at the end of the day. Um, and it went on with its voyage after that. And it was just 
It was I bet. Yes. And, and Max, I gather, Max, a photographer, went out in the dinghy and did yes. sort of classic car-type tracking shots. Yeah, boat-to-boat tracking oh. shots from the from the inflatable. Is there and any video of this? Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple of social clips which I've put up, but there isn't a full. There isn't a full vid. But and uh, then he's he sent up a drone as well while we were out at sea to get some. Oh, I bet that was shots. good. And in the sort of you know the fading golden hour light, as they photographers like to call it, the pictures are just spectacular. Blinding. So cool. Yeah, he must have been thing. in orbit, Max. You know, oh, he was thrilled, mate. He was delighted. Photographers get all kind of, uh, you know, they, they become hysterical about this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think they really enjoy, in my experience, they really enjoy the Christmas road test stuff because it's not, you know, it's just a break from the norm, isn't it? A chance to shoot something else, to think about how you're going to shoot boat-to-ship tracking. <laughs> you know. Here is the question, though, mate. Yeah. Do you feel, do you feel, I mean, I'm sure you feel... Um, a satisfaction because the thing has been done it's it's appeared you know it didn't sink it's a lovely story the pics are right and all that but the the load is already on you to think of, come up to with think the of the next one, one. yeah i mean this year was was great because a, a fellow called adrian ragborn who runs seize your future with s-e-a-s your future the charity that runs this ship and they have another one um in uh, dry dock undergoing refit at the moment uh he reads the mag listens to the pod hello adrian and knows what we what we what we do knows knows how we work knows what access we'd need and understands it oh that makes a huge difference to yeah, how yeah. this runs and sometimes that's not always the case with no. the christmas road test and it's a bit more fraught than others yeah and we had this in the in the bag quite early so that was good but yeah the pressure is on already to think have you got any next have, have you got a, a sort of um selection of ideas i I mean, don't, don't don't tell me. I just want to know. Yeah, I just wonder whether you've got some. Well, I mean, yeah, I want to do a submarine because we've done boats, oh. we've done aeroplanes, we've done helicopters, uh, we've done a hovercraft. Yeah, we've done the world's fastest tractor, and then before my time, submarine. before my time, we've done uh, the space shuttle Concorde. Didn't necessarily drive those, obviously. No, no, no. Um, and all, all kind of, like you say, the V8 shopping trolley and all sorts. But I don't think there has ever been a submarine. Who the hell do we know that's got a submarine? Well, there's a couple of sort of leisure-based ones that don't go very deep. They've got a big sort of glass bubbly cockpit. But oh. you will, but you can go down a small way. So I, I might try tapping them up. Oh, and because you can I see the, stuff yeah, as you're down there. Because I think my understanding is the Royal Navy and the US Navy are not always that keen on letting you on board. No, no, Nuclear-powered... No. No things with yes, you can come on board, but you can't write about it, and and you'll be away for three months. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we'll see. Just advantages there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't file any copy while you're there. <laughs> so, but um, but it'd be cool to it would be cool to do. Imagine the pics looking out the front, you oh, know, because presumably they, you know, if they take you to look at stuff, mm. that sounds amazing. But you'd need two, wouldn't you? Because you'd need another one to photograph it from. I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So basically, yeah, next year, mate, I need two submarines. (laughs) Good luck with that. (laughs) Thanks. Well, you've got 50, what, actually in reality, probably about 40 weeks to do it. Yeah, probably, because everybody likes it to be done end of October, really. People start fretting in the office. I mean, needless to say, if we have a listener who's... um, who's who owns a Who's submarine? One got an idea, or two got a couple of submarines. Either or. Yeah, Yeah. either or. Yeah, I'm very much open to ideas, because it's... It's also a great, you know, best one of the best days of my working year. Yeah. I think. Uh, let's very quickly. We're about to run out of time, I think. Really, let's quickly talk 
caffeine a machine. There's a feature in the mag this week where we talk about some of the most underrated cars we think of the year, but we based ourselves to do the feature and the chat at Caffeine Machines new gaff, didn't we? Yeah, interesting place, isn't it? Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, the, the every it's funny when you do these things. You, you know, people turn up in cars that you wish you'd you'd brought yourself. <laughs> you know, the one that uh, the one that I liked was a Volvo State, of course. Oh, yeah. Now gone or about to go, isn't it? Mm. But uh, I've forgotten what was there. Can you remember? Uh, I can bring up the magazine. It is so. The idea was Matt Saunders sent everybody. He's the road test editor. He sent everybody a note saying, "I want you to nominate an underrated car or an underrated thing about car," and we go for what we call the road testers Christmas lunch, have a natter about it, and then uh, decide who's right and who's wrong. And I'm just looking for it in the double issue. It's I not brought in the next a, issue, is it? The new two-wheel drive Polestar, which is which was ludicrously off the pace because because it's a it, it's an interesting new model that I think people will buy in numbers. Mm. So I was completely wrong about that. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking um, car like that equals four-wheel drive and 400 horsepower, but this car has got 295 as to 296. I think it is. Mm. Two-wheel drive, all the electronics you could want, and and it's may well be the best Polestar of the lot. So I'm Polestar two. Polestar so two. I'm uh, yeah. I've got head up the backside. I'm afraid at this on this occasion. There were the, the thing is that that amount of power in that sort of car is plenty because of the way it develops. Yeah, the power isn't it? And yeah. it's rear a rear motor, isn't it? <clears throat> it is. So the yeah. steering is uncorrupted completely by. Yeah. by nice car. Yeah. I thought it was an, I thought it was a nice car, and I've always liked. I love that. That beautiful, simple styling, hmm. and the interior suits me. And yeah. so I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the car. I think what I was really doing was just indulging myself without uh, taking too much notice of of, um, of the brief. Mr. Saunders' brief. <laughs> well, a few of us, a few of us did that. So yeah, they. Uh, I think the the one we most of us thought was probably the the tick box. Yes, that is underrated. Was Matt Saunders arrived in a Jaguar XF estate, oh, he didn't did. he? That's and it. that is an under the radar, unknown. Yeah. Good value. Lovely to drive. Yeah. Yeah. I've got the opening spread up here. So, what else is there? Uh, Vicky Parrott, who wrote the story, came in an Abarth 500. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, cool thing. You wonder whether who's going to buy the, the electric Abarth. Mm. Um, there's an Alpha Julia saloon. Pretty sensible, actually. Good shout. Yeah. Good shout that James Disdale brought. Ricky Lane came in a Mercedes B-Class. Uh, Felix Page brought a BMW 3 Series. That's right. This is the car that wasn't quite what an M3. That? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 330-something or other. Yeah, M3 that was his foot. idea, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, a very basic Ford Ranger for Ilya Verpret. Yeah, that was that was a good laugh too. I would steel wheels and very all that. happily drive one of those for. Yeah, you would. You're susceptible to yeah, these things, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. And I brought, um, having slightly misread the brief, but not that. Anyway, I brought along a, a BMW i7 because you know what's underrated? Not driving. <laughs> sitting in the back, sitting in the back, getting ferried around. That is a good because. Yeah, you made so this point, much didn't of you? Motor, so much of motoring today is miserable anyway. Yeah. Might as well let somebody else have a go. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it is. It, it's an awesome car, isn't it? It's a really good car. I've, several of us in recent times have spent some of our breath um, 
talking to makers of other luxury cars to say, just try an i7, just try an i7. The the way that that creamy, amazing rolling comfort, brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Nothing better. No, it's really isolation and comfort. Is so really it must have been impressive. a nice trip to and from. Oh, very, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's a nice place, so. isn't it? The uh, the new CNM. It's, it's, it is. It's it's if you're used to the original one, you you you, you won't be surprised, will you? Mm. But it's um, spacious and you know welcoming and all the stuff that they usually are. So yeah. We had a good time, didn't we? We did. Yeah, uh, we may have yacked on for way too long. So Say again? We've yacked on for way too long. Sorry. This, <laughs> oh, this oh, half yeah. hour podcast is 45 minutes. Oh, God, so sorry okay. about that. So we'll call, it, uh, we'll call it a day. But Steve and I will be back next week to talk about the second of the two Christmas doubles, which you can find um, on the 20th in newsagents or um, at themagazineshop.com. You can find us over at autocard.co.uk. In the meantime, there is a thing about two Lancia Deltas uh, over on YouTube. Ricky Richard Lane's own Delta Integrale plus a Maturo Resto mod, which is mm. really good, really cool thing. Um, anyway, find all that. Steve and I will be back this time next week. Thank you, mate. See you later. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.